All right, good morning, you snowbirds. We see you over there talking about the weather, but come on over here and let's, um, let's just get ready to praise and worship our Savior.
crosswalk service we're glad you're here and trapping through the blizzard um <laughs> we're glad you're here we love you every one of you we're here to praise jesus and that's why we're here it doesn't matter how what the weather we've got to get here and praise his mighty name tell the people around you that you love them we're glad you're here It's snowing inside. You got the hat snowing. I like it. My head's cold. <laughs> I don't know if the hair helps or not. It does. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's not sunscreen from the weather. Uh, sunscreen from the weather. Smart. Huh? All right. Go ahead and uh, make your way back to your seats. We'll continue on. Welcome again to worship. Glad you all made it out this morning. It's a wonderful day to glorify our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If you would grab your bulletins and uh, turn to the back side, opportunities for the week. You might want to get your pen out. I've got a few scratches you might want to make. Just a few. Just a few scratches. We also have this tear-off portion. If you're a guest, please fill out that blue side. Put it in the offering plate as it goes by in a little while. And uh, we'd love to follow up with you about Mechanicsville Baptist. And on the other side, the yellow page, please put prayer requests at the bottom. If there's anything you'd like us to pray for, we'll do so in our staff time on Tuesdays. On the back, opportunities for the week. I guess the first thing is just make a big X and scratch out everything today after this. There we go. This is it. Yeah, this is, this is, you have no excuse for not singing out and 
praising God with all that you are. Am I right? Amen? Amen. All right, so Sunday school on tonight. We are canceled as well. So everyone enjoy the snow. That's what I'm going to do. My snowman is going to be there, Mason. First chance I can get. I love the snowman. So anyway, pray uh, for uh, you to have a great day at home with family and loved ones. And then the rest of the week, we do have everything on as far as we know. So Monday, basketball. Thursday, volleyball. We've got uh, Women on Mission. Tuesday, 1030 in the John Bryant Room. And then Wednesday are Connect Groups, Awana, Youth, uh, Adult Bible Study, and Choir Rehearsal. And then Friday is our youth Christmas party, scavenger hunt. So we're going to have that on Friday. And then Saturday has the Faith and Hope Sunday School class Christmas party at 1. And then the cantata, God with us, that our choir is participating in is at Northside, 7 p.m. Saturday. Please come out and support and enjoy that uh, time. They are also doing it, is it 7 o'clock on Sunday as well? 7, 7 p.m. on Sunday. So you have two opportunities to go see it. Uh, Saturday at 7 and Sunday at 7, both at Northside. Tim, anything else you can think of? All right. Everything else I was going to announce, I'm not going to. We're going to keep it for next week. All right. So we'll get our ushers prepared, and we'll say a prayer and take up this morning's offering. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we are thankful that uh, we are here, and we are together, and we're able to celebrate uh, Jesus and lift up the name of Jesus Uh, as one. God, we thank you for the the family of God that you put together. We thank you for each person who's here, and we pray that you would uh, do something uh, in each of us. May your Holy Spirit dwell, and may you uh, move through uh, our worship, and we move through uh, the message from your word, and may you touch and change each one uh, for your kingdom and for your glory. God, we pray for our offering as well. We do pray that uh, what we give reflects our love for you, Lord Jesus, and that you take this and have your way with it and extend the name of Jesus. In Christ's name we pray, amen. The candle of preparation. God kept his promise of a savior who would be born in Bethlehem. Preparation means to get ready. Help us to be ready to welcome you, O God, as it is written in the words written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet. A voice of one calling in the desert, prepare the way for the Lord and make straight paths for him. Every valley shall be filled, every mountain and hill made low. The crooked roads shall become straight and the rough ways smooth. And all of mankind will see God's salvation. Praise the Lord.
God, that is just too precious. <laughs> Would you please stand as we um, continue our praise and worship time and just sing out. This is, um, this is a new song, um, but I'm sure we all can relate to this one.
trading every glory for a silent night. Here is the promise we have waited for. He will not leave us in the dark. He will bear our weight. He will wear our shame. Come lift him high. Behold Savior, Jesus Christ, law above and light. Come lift him high, behold the Savior. Father, be safe with us. Be, be safe today and just praise your mighty name and open our hearts for the message. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. <clears throat> Thank you for braving the elements and being here today. And we never take lightly 
what we do as far as our services and canceling them. Um, but it seems in our, the best interest of our congregation to have this service and then close for the day. But uh, thank you for being here and thank you praise band and praise team for coming early this morning and practicing and um, rehearsing and preparing for this service. I'm grateful for what you add and what we're able to do together. Our scripture this morning is the familiar passage in Luke chapter 2 verses 8 through 14 of the uh, Advent story as from Luke and we will be looking at uh, the angel's words these next few weeks. I'll be off one I guess with the uh, second service but uh, uh, maybe we can make that up. But beginning reading at verse 8 of Luke chapter 2. Now there was in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. During this month in which we celebrate the Advent, we will look at some of the great words associated with the coming of Christ. Today we look at the word glory. The scriptures declare that the glory of the Lord shone around them and that the angels sang glory to God in the highest. John tells us we beheld his glory. Glory as the only son from the father in John chapter 1 verse 14. By his first miracle in Cana of Galilee, John records that Jesus manifested his glory and his disciples believed in him. The heavenly chorus is composed of the celestial servants of God described in Daniel chapter 7 verse 10. Their hymn opens with an ascription of praise to the transcendent God who has brought this wonderful event to pass. One scholar noted, glory is one of the richest terms in the theological vocabulary of the Bible, referring primarily to the visible manifestation of God in power. The life of Jesus was radiant with the focused presence of the divine majesty. Throughout his earthly ministry, God made a weighty impact upon men which summoned them to a new awareness of his purpose and prestige. Glory, the glory of God as revealed in Jesus Christ as we read in the scripture. But let's look at the term glory. First we look at it from the perspective of the glory of God and human fear. The glory of God, as I said, was a visible manifestation of the invisible but powerful God. The glory of God was revealed in the Old Testament days, indicating God's presence, God's power, and God's authority. In the Exodus experience, the glory of the Lord appeared to the people in a cloud. 
Exodus 13, 21 teaches us in a pillar of cloud to lead them along the way and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light that they might travel by day and by night. By means of this brilliant and shining manifestation of His presence, God revealed Himself to Israel in both grace and judgment. The glory of God in the form of a cloud and a pillar of fire also came in judgment upon the Egyptians. We read the story in Exodus chapter 14, verses 24 and 25. And in the morning watch, the Lord in the pillar of fire and of cloud looked down upon the host of the Egyptians and discomfited the host of the Egyptians, clogging their chariots' wheels so that they drove heavily. And the Egyptians said, Let us flee from before Israel, for the Lord fights for them against the Egyptians. God's hand in history. When God instructed Moses concerning the building of the tabernacle and the services that were to be conducted there, he declared in Exodus 29, verse 43, There I will meet with the people of Israel, and it shall be sanctified by my glory. Isaiah was to experience an awareness of the universal glory of God in his call experience in Isaiah chapter 6. Isaiah, upon being overwhelmed by the glory of God, declared, I am a man of unclean lips among a people of unclean lips. The glory of God as revealed in the Scripture is always revealed in such a way that it changes people's lives. The glory of God was a visible manifestation of His burning presence in Old Testament days. It created an attitude of dread and fear and anxiety in the hearts of men and women because they felt unworthy to come into the presence of this holy God. God's glory overwhelmed people and continues to overwhelm people with Christ today. The second thing we see in the glory of God is that Christ came to manifest the glory. Glory as of the only Son from the Father. Jesus in His great high priestly prayer recorded in John 17 says to the Father, I glorified you on earth having accomplished the work which you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory which I had with you before the world was made. I have manifested your name to the men whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours and you gave them to me and they have kept your word. Jesus revealed the grace and truth about God in what he said to others. People, when they came into contact with Jesus, understood that there was something different in his approach, something different about him. He had the authority to change people's lives. Jesus revealed the grace and truth about God in the works of mercy, kindness, and helpfulness that he did. Jesus even said that the miracles he performed were to show the glory of God. In the works of Jesus, he revealed to us God's glory. 
Jesus revealed the grace of God supremely in His sacrificial death on the cross. Jesus went to the cross because of the command of the Father and because He wanted to demonstrate to an unbelieving world the greatness of His love for the Father. Jesus went to the cross for the joy of the benefit that would accrue to people as the result of this new relationship of the glory of God. Jesus revealed God's plan and the ultimate price of that plan on the cross. We can never celebrate Bethlehem without the shadow of the cross. What Jesus came to do was revealed fully not at his birth, but at his death and his resurrection. This is just the beginning of God's earthly story for us. But we have found ways, haven't we, to manifest God's glory, particularly this season of the year. If you drive through the neighborhoods, you can see lights on houses, can't you? Beautiful lights. All different kinds and different colors and, and different designs and structures and all kinds of things. And I enjoy looking at them. I enjoy looking at them, but I don't want to do it. But others do. And we do that as if to say something is different about this season, isn't it? Something made a difference if we're willing to do what we're doing. Jesus revealed to us God's love and God's plan for us. But as followers of Christ, we are encouraged to glorify God. The heavenly host praised God and sang glory to God in the highest. If we would glorify God in the highest, we must also glorify God here in the present. If we would glorify God, we must be visible manifestations of His presence in the world today. We must let Him live within us in such a way that others can see His grace and goodness. We must be witnesses to the glory of God. I did a little experiment and Dwight and I, we followed up with it to make sure that it worked. I read something that if you strike a match or you take any flame and you put it where it casts a shadow, the flame never casts a shadow. Now you try it, it works, because Dwight and I tried it, because I wasn't going to tell you something unless I tried it. You cannot see the shadow of the flame. We took one of the strikers that we used to light our candles, held it up in, the, in my office to see, and you could see the top of the striker, but you could not see the flame. That's because the flame casts no shadow because it's light. It's light. God's light does not cast a shadow. God's light glorifies. And we are to glorify God. There are at least three different ways in which we can glorify God. Listen to these. First, we are to glorify God in our bodies. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 20. So glorify God in your body. 
The New International Version translates this verse, therefore honor God with your body. Today's English Version translates this phrase, so use your bodies for God's glory. Paul tells us to present our bodies, doesn't he? In verse in chapter 12 of Romans, present your bodies as a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God. It is possible for us to glorify God in our bodies because Jesus Christ has come to dwell within us through faith. Ephesians 3.17 teaches, And that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love. We have become the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. And by becoming the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit, we can glorify God. It is with our bodies that we are to glorify God. A poem says, Christ has no hands but our hands to do his work today. He has no feet but our feet to lead men in his way. He has no tongue but our tongues to tell men how he died. He has no help but our help to bring us to his side. God depends on us to show his glory. And during this season of the year, it becomes much easier for us to do it because there's so much help out there, isn't it? There's so many other people doing it, but we are to glorify God at all times. We are not to use our bodies for immoral purposes because the body has been made of the Lord. The body is not meant for immorality, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. And God raised the Lord and will also raise us up by his power. The second way we glorify God is we are to glorify God by bearing much fruit. John 15, 8. Our Lord declares, by this my Father is glorified that you bear much free fruit and so prove to be my disciples. There are at least two kinds of fruit that we can experience and by which we can glorify God. First, we can cultivate the fruit of the Spirit as recorded in Galatians chapter 5 verses 22 and 23. The Holy Spirit has been given to us in order that he might reproduce within us the character and the very nature of Jesus Christ. As we let the Holy Spirit produce the fruit of love, the fruit of joy, the fruit of peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, we will become living exhibitions of what God can do when He is permitted to come and live in the hearts of human beings. If we are not producing that kind of fruit, we are not glorifying God. And I would venture to say that we're all producing some kind of fruit. It may be rotten. It may not be glorifying God, but you are producing something in your life. Second, we can experience the fruit of the seed sower and by so doing bring glory to God. Matthew chapter 13, as we sow the seed of the word of God in the hearts and lives of those about us, some will hear and respond. Some will believe and be saved. Some will reflect God's grace and glory and we will experience the joy of the harvester who comes with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. <coughs> we have <coughs> a responsibility to sow seeds. It's important you've heard that before. You see, it becomes so easy for us, as we heard last week from uh, Ronnie, 
it becomes so easy for us to forget the essentials of sowing seeds. Not every seed you sowed in life is going to take root and sprout and become something. But that doesn't mean that you give up. The Lord may have put you in a place at a certain time to help somebody in a particular need. I saw a very interesting thing with the sheriff's office on Thursday. We were going through some training on active shooters. And they did a social experiment where they put a man, this was in London, I think. They put a man on the street who was an actor who was acting as if he were in great pain. He was dressed kind of down, kind of casual. And not one person stopped to help him. One person went so far as to step over him and not help him. And they explained to us it was a psychological thing about joining in or not joining in. But it was interesting when they put a man down in the same position, in the same way, and he had on a suit and tie, the question, how long would it take? I think it took less than two minutes for someone to stop and help him. All because of the way he was dressed. One person said, well, you know, he was already on the ground. I didn't want his suit to be ruined. I tell you that because it, it was quite profound for me to see that, how that people react when there's a need. You know, we do the very same thing when we neglect to tell people about Christ when we're given opportunity to do so. We are not glorifying God. We are not showing others the glory of God if we're not willing to get our hands dirty. You know, when you plant seeds, your hands get dirty, don't they? They have to. We are to glorify God by good works. Our Lord in the Sermon on the Mount says that we are to live as an example of what God can do in the hearts of those who obey Jesus Christ. The believers in the Thessalonian church were glorifying God with their good works. They demonstrated works of faith, labors of love, and great patience of hope. By so working, they were glorifying God. Paul said even to the Colossian church in Colossians 1.27, and I've preached a sermon on this before, Christ in you, the hope of glory. The indwelling Christ is the hope that God has for us to manifest His presence in the world. The presence of Christ in each of us is the only hope that the world has today for beholding God's glory and experiencing His loving presence. We have a responsibility to glorify God. The angels took their responsibility seriously, didn't they? They came and proclaimed the glory of God. The glory of God in the manger. The Christ of Christmas came long ago. But He comes today to live in our hearts. The indwelling Christ is God's hope for revealing His presence through you. 
and through me. Christ in you is the basis for your hope for a home in God's final glory. Tom Long, professor of homiletics, which is a fancy word for a professor of preaching, at Candler School of Theology, tells the story of striking up a conversation with a man on a plane. You've probably been in that position before. He said they shared the normal kind of nice chit-chat, sharing what they each did for a living and sharing pictures of their families. When the man began to share with him this story, <clears throat> he and his wife were parents of a 30-year-old son who, when he was a teenager, had been in an auto accident and for many years had lived in a nursing home in a vegetative state. And to tell you the truth, he said, my wife and I had stopped loving him. It's a hard thing to say. I know. But love is a responsive thing, and he no longer responds to us. We still visited him. We still cared for him. But we no longer loved him. The day that changed was the day when we went to visit him, an ordinary day. A nothing special kind of day when we opened the door to his room to visit him, we found a stranger sitting beside his bed. This stranger was wearing a clerical collar. We knew he must be some kind of minister or priest. As it turns out, he was the pastor of a little Lutheran church from down the street who simply made rounds every day in the nursing facility. When we went in the room, he said this man was reading to our son a psalm. I thought, you fool, he can't hear you. Then he took my son's hand and he had a prayer with my son. And I thought, you idiot, he can't feel that touch, he can't hear that prayer. Don't you know he's just a vegetable? And then I realized, of course he knows. But he is viewing my son already in the glory of God. Viewing my son is already healed. Viewing my son as worth the love of Christ. He was seeing my son through the eternal heavenly lens of faith. And it was then, he said, that we began to be able to love our son again. Every person should have the opportunity to know and experience the glory of God. Isn't that what God was showing us when the first place the message was revealed was to the shepherds? Out in the field, keeping watch, smelly, dirty shepherds. And yet, God's love allowed them 
to see His glory. We can love through and by the glory of God. As we recognize God as Lord and King, Master and Savior, we will see and respond to the glory of God in our lives. And when we experience the glory of God, it will transform our lives. You know it. You've experienced it. The angel said it. Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace, goodwill toward all people, everywhere, at all times. Can you feel it? Is it a part of your life? Shall we pray? Gracious Lord, we are thankful for the angels. We are thankful for their proclamation concerning you. We are thankful for the power of your love to show us your glory. May we show others your glory through our lives, through the fruits that we produce. Bless us in the name of Jesus. Amen. During this Advent season, the glory of God is revealed in Jesus and we see it. But do we live it? That's always the question. We can experience the Advent as an observer or as a participant. I believe sometimes those people that, have, that are part of this time of year as an observer miss out. We are to participate in the glory of God. The invitation is open. Will you stand as the praise band leads us? I heard him and broken within, overwhelmed by the weight of sin. Jesus is calling. Have you come to the end of self? Do you thirst for drink from the well? Jesus is calling. Lord, come to the altar. The Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Be behind your regrets and mistakes. Come today, there's no reason to wait. Jesus is calling.
sorrows and trade for joy. From the ashes a new life is born. Jesus is calling. Oh, Lord, come to the altar. The Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was God with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Oh, what a Savior, isn't he one? service today. I'm glad we could get together, even if it was just for this hour today and not the rest of the things we do. Thank you again, Tommy and Praise Band, Praise Team, for being here. Uh, that means a whole lot. Uh, 
Janine told me up there, I thanked her, and she said, well, we did, did we have a choice? I said, yeah, you had a choice. <laughs> this isn't prison or anything, you know. <laughs> uh, you, I know you don't mind me saying that. We're grateful that uh, she's here, and I'm grateful that you came today because you did have a choice, too. And so I hope that you will be safe on your way home. And um, I made a big old pot of soup this morning, so I'll just eat soup and watch it snow this afternoon. Everything should be back to normal tomorrow. If it's not, we'll get the word out. I think, you know, things should be better tomorrow by afternoon. Um, If you need anything, certainly you can reach me at home. Um, But I'm grateful again that you've come to be a part of this service today. Let's bow for closing prayer. Father, as we leave today, we know that you go with us. We pray, Father, for safety for all those who have to travel on a day like today. We are grateful, Father, that you replenish the earth with moisture. We're grateful, Father, that as we leave today, we can know that we can glorify you because you have shown us the way through Jesus Christ. Keep us ever mindful of your grace, of your mercy, and of your love. For we make this prayer in the name of Jesus. Amen.